Here's a message from Ken Lavica. All right, talk, 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 talk all you want. I've come to the realization that I want the Dolphins to be hated. That's fine. Take shots at them. Take shots at Tua. I'd rather be hated and talked about and known than be irrelevant and nobody give a bleep. Joe Rigotti, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Uh, it's fine, Pat McAfee. It's fine, Mike Florio. It's fine, select national media. Colin Cowherd, Joy Taylor. It's fine. Just keep taking shots. Keep taking shots at the Dolphins and keep taking shots at Tua. Keep picking them to finish underwhelming in the standings in the AFC East. I'm fine with it. You know what I say? Keep bringing it because we're on your mind. We're in your head. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. One of those damn days. I'm ready to be angry. I'm angry. I'm annoyed. It's one of those days where everything is annoying to me, and it really does start with that kicker, that kicker who is allowed to do a radio show and swear all the time. How edgy in Pat McAfee. We're here in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, it's right off of the steamy intracoastal. It's like overcast, and it's gross, and it's disgusting, and it's sweaty, and it makes you stinky, and my car is on the sixth floor of the parking garage across the street in the blazing sun because we get no respect here in the Phillips Point Towers. Joe Rigotti, Captain Competent, is here. Uh, Coquel is here as well. Uh, we have a lot to do, including Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell, the Florida State head coach, who just comes off as wildly insecure, and we'll talk about that uh, later on in the show as well. I know that has nothing to do with what we're starting with, but it's the damned mood that I'm in. All right, so I get it. The last couple of weeks has been a lot of Deshaun Watson talk with the Dolphins. All of the offseason, including training camp, has been parsing throw by throw. Is Tua the guy? Can Tua play quarterback? Oh, is Tua bad? Does Tua stink? Is Tua a bust? He's played nine G-damn games in the NFL in his career, including a massive, impressive come-from-behind victory at Arizona last year that everybody tries to just gloss over and forget about it. It's Tua, 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 oh, is Tua bad? Tua's bad. Is to is a bust? Two is a bust. It's so annoying. It's so irritating. Stop making that motion with your arm, Coquel. He's making a rag arm motion. He looks like a T-Rex trying to throw a football. You're a jackass, too. But I want you to listen to Pat McAfee yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. This is Pat McAfee talking about the Dolphins' chances in the AFC East. It feels as if people are giving the Dolphins a lot of credit because last year they were able to win a bunch of games. That was when Fitzmagic was their starting quarterback and when Fitzmagic was coming in late to make plays. I'm not saying Tua isn't mightily better. He might be. I'm not sure. But they have had to come out publicly now and say, Tua's our guy. Tua's our guy. You don't ever have to say, Tua's our guy, unless there was called into question on whether or not he was your guy. Tua, for his, I mean, wow. The Dolphins, he's not here to talk about it, but the Dolphins just, the Deshaun Watson news, that they're still in business and that the owner, I guess, wants Deshaun Watson on the team. So what does that mean if you're Tua? Now, this is grown men league. 
okay, this is the men's league, so you have to kind of compartmentalize all the bullshit away oh, and actually. still go out and perform and do your job. But from the benching in the big moments last season to now them still having to fight off the fact that another guy might come in and be their quarterback, their owner allegedly wants another guy to be their quarterback, this has not been the best rollout for a young quarterback that's supposed to be the future of your franchise. And for that reason and that reason alone, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be worth a Okay. Now. All right, cool. Uh, thanks for, for the uh, input there, Pat McAfee. I, it's gotten to the point between him and Florio constantly taking shots and Kylan Cowherd constantly taking shots and Joy Taylor, who I thought was on the Dolphins bandwagon, but apparently not. Uh, I thought she, that, that she was a lifetime Dolphins fan, but apparently not. Uh, I, I'd rather just be hated. I'd rather be a hated team, hated fan base, because nobody can get the Dolphins out of their mouths. And that's fine. You know what? I'm into that. I'm good with that. Now, Pat McAfee saying that Fitz Magic last year constantly had to come in to save the day is just patently untrue because, again, I mentioned a game where Tua Tungavailoa had a legendary comeback against Arizona. Pinpoint throws, gutsy decisions to tuck and run, taking hits, critical touchdown throws late in games. Oh, yeah, no, it was Fitzmagic, who had the luckiest play of all time in Las Vegas. The luckiest play ever. That had nothing to do with Fitzpatrick and his ability and everything to do with football Christ reaching down and touching Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas and giving that beard some sort of send-off so that Fitzpatrick could actually get a starting job in the following year and stop his tears over being replaced as the starting quarterback, even he knew he, though he knew that he was a placeholder, okay? So fine, can still take shots. And Pat McAfee didn't stop there, though. Pat McAfee still had more to say on social media. And this is what has me annoyed, because Pat McAfee holds a lot of weight. Pat McAfee has become a very significant talker in the sports radio realm, okay? But it wasn't just his thoughts on the Dolphins uh, finishing last, which is preposterous considering that in the AFC East, you have two rookie quarterbacks who are starting this year. Two rookie quarterbacks that are starting this year, and the Dolphins have, by the numbers, the best defense in the AFC East as well, with the best corner in the AFC East as well. Okay? They might have the best two corners. They might have the best two if you want to throw Byron Jones in there. Absolutely. Well said. Pat McAfee tweeted, I'm excited to cover the Dolphins this season, especially now that I know they have 10 to 15 diehard fans on this here Twitter app. Just poking. Just poke, 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 poke. That's what he's doing. Florio just loves to poke, 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 and instigate. That's fine. You know what? Hate us. Hate the Dolphins. Hate the Dolphins fan base. I accept that. I'm totally good with that. Would you rather have your team hated or loved? I'm done with the Dolphins being loved. I'm done with trying to have people say nice things about Tua and Brian Flores. I don't care anymore. I'm ready to go full heel. As a fan of the Dolphins, as someone who wants to see the Dolphins and Tua succeed, you know what? Keep hating. Keep talking your bleep. I don't care. I'm good with it. Would you rather have your team and your fan base hated or loved? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. And I'll say that Canes fans, I get it now. I get the Hurricanes fan base because they have made a lifetime out of being hated. Even though they're not nearly anywhere close, that program, to what made them hated in the 80s, I understand why they want to maintain that identity because there is that desire 
the us against you, and I embrace that now. I'm all good with that right now. The Catholics versus convicts, I'm fine being the convicts now. I'm good with it. Tua is one of the nicest possible human beings with one of the most one of the biggest talent ceilings we've seen of any quarterback coming out of college. This isn't like Tebow, where you knew just by watching him throw with his lefty windup that it wasn't gonna work, that it wasn't gonna go well. You knew that he was just a novelty. You knew it was a stretch when the Denver Broncos took him in the first round. We're talking about in Tua the most accurate passer in college football history. That means something. The way that he was brought up, the way that he performed for Alabama, that means something. But it's fine. Keep taking shots at him. I'm good with this. Eagles fans, I know you understand this. Philadelphia fans as a whole, I know you get this. Yankees fans always want to be loved. They always want to be brought into sports fans' bosom and said, hey, hey, shave your beard, shave your mustache, and let's go hit homers. How about it? Ah, oh, I love you. Love us. No, 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 no. I want to be like Canes fans now. I want to be hated. That's fine. It's going to make it that much sweeter when the Dolphins win 12, 13 games and upset the Bills to win the AFC East this year. Would you rather be loved or hated as a team or a fan base? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I'm done, Coquel. Like, I, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm done with the needless, soft shots now. It's gutless, it's petty, and it's pointless. Keep talking. Keep talking. The dark side is strong in you. I feel, I mean, it's every day. It is every damn day there's something new. Just because the Dolphins, just because the Dolphins have had interest in Deshaun Watson doesn't mean that Tua's not going to succeed. And if Tua melts, if Tua wilts under the pressure of a conversation about a guy who's clearly not going to make a move now, it appears, until probably the end of the season or after the season, then fine. It was the wrong pick. But until then, I am not casting a judgment on the mental capacity of a guy who's never should have played the sport again after that injury, fought his way back, and has the drive and the ability to be a franchise quarterback. Feel it course through your veins. I mean, it feels good. It feels good. It feels good to get this off my chest because we're also talking about a situation now where Pat McAfee on his national radio program is saying that two teams with rookie quarterbacks in Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, because of those guys, he feels better about their chances. Strictly ignoring the fact that the Dolphins have the most heinous and terrifying defense in that entire division. That doesn't belong to the Bills. That belongs to the Dolphins. The Bills are going to the, the Dolphins are going to give the Bills problems this year. They just are. If the Bills can keep anyone on the field because of their 37% vaccination rate, Cole Beasley is going to get covid like 37 times during the course of the year. Evil is powerful. I just I don't I don't understand this innate desire to rip the Dolphins. Do they do everything in the most intelligent way? No. Could they have been more uh, forthcoming with denials about Deshaun Watson? Probably. But then they'd be lying, like we discussed. Like They're not BSing you about there being possible interest in Deshaun Watson. And, Coquel, you said it yourself. If Deshaun Watson is your quarterback, and it's not just the Dolphins, it's 23 other teams in the NFL. If Deshaun Watson is your quarterback, depending on how the legal things go... 
you become a Super Bowl contender. You, you, you absolutely become a Super Bowl contender. So I don't see, and again, McAfee's talking about this is a man's league. This is a big boy league. You go out and perform. What has Tua shown to make you think that he can't do that, that he's going to hang his head, that he's going to sit down on the field and cry? He's not going to do that. Yeah, I don't understand why everyone's taking the shots at Tua for there being the controversy of his ability to yeah. deal with the outside world. Because it's easy. And That's the distraction. Why. But I also felt that way about Tebow when everyone's like, oh, he's a distraction. Like, no, you guys are just talking amongst yourselves in a vacuum about Tua. But there is something to what he says, Ken. If you have a guy like a Zach Wilson, who's probably the next Aaron Rodgers like the Jets have, you don't hear people talking about they need to go get Deshaun Watson. You have your guy. I just the, I, the rumors have to be there for a reason. Usually, where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I again, I I think the Dolphins have interest in Deshaun Watson. They have not lied. Brian Flores isn't lying when he tells the team Tua is our quarterback. Stephen Ross isn't lying when he says that he doesn't make football decisions. That doesn't mean that he doesn't want Deshaun Watson. That doesn't mean that Chris Greer doesn't want Deshaun Watson. When Brian Flores says, I am interested in who is in the Dolphins locker room, he's not lying. When he doesn't say we're not interested in Deshaun Watson, he's not lying. They, they're doing things the honest way, and they're being told that it's the wrong way. But if they... Outright said we don't have interest in Deshaun Watson, and five months from now they acquire Deshaun Watson, they're going to get destroyed over it. So you're not going to win here. Also, if they want it just because they – Deshaun Watson's not a free agent. So they can't be like, we want Deshaun Watson, and then all of a sudden turn around and not be able to get him because the Texans say, okay, well, you've publicly kind of made it obvious. Now we want nine first-round draft Right, exactly. Now you've ruined your current guy, and you're not getting the guy you wanted anyway. So either way, this is what they have to say. They're mm-hmm. saying the, they're lying through their teeth, but they, they're saying the right yeah. thing. And they probably are happy with Tua. But again, Deshaun Watson is that generational talent where if he didn't have this massage issue, and I'm not downplaying it, like if he didn't have this whatever's going on in his head with these massages that make all these things keep happening, he doesn't have that. There's probably 25 teams lining up to trade for him. Actually, he's probably already traded, and someone gave away five first-round draft picks. Yeah. He's that good. Like, I, I am uh, perfectly fine with the, uh, the, the fruit and the salad that I have for lunch, but you know what would be better and be a championship-caliber lunch? If I got something from Stormhouse Brewing. Like, we all live that on a daily basis. Like, Tua's great, and can Tua win you games? Yeah, he can. But if you have Deshaun Watson... He probably is at a different level than Tua is, or at least he's certainly a more refined product right now than Tua is, and he speeds up your timeline by two, three, four years. That's just common sense, but that's fine. Just keep taking shots at the Dolphins. It's fine. It's fine. They're being honest. They're being honest, and that is why they are being crapped on. And you know what? I'm fine with that then. Let the Dolphins be hated. Let the Dolphins be hated like the Canes are hated. The Canes are hated over things that happened 30 years ago. That's just a reputation that is stuck. And Canes fans have latched onto it because you know what? It gives them an identity. It gives them a purpose. And you know what? That reputation, that identity is now more popular than more rele- and more relevant than the actual football program is. It's fun to be the bad guy sometimes, and it's better to be the bad guy than to be the one no one cares about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because honestly, there are way more mouths talking about the Dolphins right now than there are the Bills. And the Bills were the Cinderella 
of last season. The Bills have largely squandered all that good faith because of all of the vaccine fights that they've had up there. Uh, And, uh, you know, now it's just sort of, hey, you know, the Bills are there and there's Josh Allen. And, hey, look, Cole Beasley tweeted something and said something stupid. All right, there's the Bills. The Dolphins, fine. Let them be hated. It's going to make it that much sweeter when the Dolphins make a surprise run and win the AFC East because they can do it with that defense. They absolutely can. Uh. They absolutely can. And the Jets are not better than them. The Patriots are not better than them. I don't them. know. The Patriots apparently have the next Tom Brady. I mean, this fawning over Mac Jones, when you have a number of ESPN analysts on Get Up yesterday saying that Mac Jones is absolutely going to be the rookie of the year in the NFL, the rookie offensive player of the year, based on what? Because he came from Alabama? Because he's Mac Jones? Because he looks like Tom Brady? He's dumpy and schlubby, and he does what Josh McDaniels wants, and it's the Patriots. The best... (laughs) thing I heard was someone comparing him and why he's like Brady and they brought up their terrible 40 times and their terrible athleticism I'm like wait you're bringing up insults and that's why you're telling me he's going to be great I mean, like what is happening on. here you do not duplicate the luck that the Patriots got with Tom Brady sorry Bill Belichick does not deserve to have twice in his coaching career lucking into a slubby sloppy slow quarterback in 2021 end up being the next Tom Brady who had to adapt to be a modern day quarterback if you're Mac Jones you start eating avocado ice cream right now because I do did you just call his uh his like nutrition guy oh yeah steroid dealer sure (laughs) his steroid peddler would you rather be a loved or hated fan base would you rather your team be loved or hated 888-760-3776 760-3776. Ryan D. Pantima tweets, hate. Give me all the hate. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm embracing this now. And this comes from, too, me being a White Sox fan, where I've been, I spent my whole lifetime just looking for respect, looking for some sort of piece to the Cubs baseball pie in that city. And never got it. Even after winning a championship, Sports Center is forgetting that the White Sox won a world championship in 2005 on graphics of Chicago championships. And you know what? That's fine. I'm good with that now. I'm good with being hated. I'm good with being crapped on. I'm good with people uh, making fun of Tony La Russa being 275 years old. That's good to me now. Okay? Good. Keep talking. Keep talking. That's fine. Because I've got this microphone. I'm fine hating back. I'm good with it. Well, you get to an age where you're okay with the hate. I look at it as kind of like a wrestling world, right? There was a time when you're a young guy and you you love your Hulk Hogan's of the world. Then you get a little older and you're like, man, DX is a lot cooler. NWO, I know NWO had Hulk Hogan too, but NWO is a lot cooler. Sometimes being the bad guy could be more fun. Yeah. The, hate, the hate feels good. Dave tweets, I don't want to be loved or hated. I just want to talk football. All the noise is wasted on me. See, that's not being a fan, though. If you're not going to... Uh, accept the love or accept the hate. That's not being a fan. Part of sports, to me, Coquel, is the tribalism. Part of the sports is the I'm better than you or that's fine. Keep hating on me. It'll be sweet when, when we win. That's fine. Jets fans, you can talk. Patriots fans, you can talk. Fine, you find the next Brady. But it's going to be awesome next Sunday when the Dolphins go into Foxborough and beat Mac Jones, and spoil that parade, and Xavier Howard is the Patriots' leading receiver. I'm totally good with that. 
Would you rather be loved or hated as a team and a fan base? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levicka Live featuring Coquel is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. There's just love there because they're ultra successful. Uh, in fact... Uh, if there was a uh, a Yankees of NBA Sport Management Programs 27 championships, yeah, well, that is the FAU NBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash NBA Sport. They are nationally renowned, internationally renowned. Uh, they are a known entity because they get you the job in sports that you've always been looking for. It's hard to get into sports, but if you have the proper tools, if you have the proper techniques, if you have the proper knowledge, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program presents all that to you, and you will find your path, your red carpet, into the sports industry. Dr. Jim Reardon at the helm. Check him out online, fau.edu slash sport. That's fau.edu slash sport. If you want an MBA in sport management that is taught to you by professors who are in the sports industry, this is for you. fau.edu slash sport. the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. I love the whole. Can we just talk football conversation? Because we get can we get into that? I know we're supposed to go to break after usually we do that, mm-hmm. but like, what does he want us to talk about? You want to talk about guards and their bucket steps when pulling? Like, what, what kind of football are we talking about that we can't get into this hate? Should we talk about stunts by the defensive line? Why don't you get into buckets? Talk to us about buckets. Well, no, you don't even really want to take a true bucket step. You want to turn and you want to kind of go ninety degrees flat down the line. Because if you go too deep, Ken, you can get into the quarterback's way. You can get into the running back's way. Right, you can I'm mess bored. up the whole scheme. And also, when you when you are pulling, mm. especially if you're wrapping around for a trap, you want to mm-hmm. come right off the tackles, but you almost want to cross now in a direct bored. path. This way you can get the guy, because if the D-line comes mm-hmm. in too strong, yeah. this way you're on an angle where you can just kick him out. But if he tries to stun him, you can still come around because you're right at the hip where he can't get now inside you. Bored. And then you can seal him in and create a bigger hole. That's talking football. Let's get into D-back coverage. So, like, the key for a corner in man coverage, make sure you stare at the interior hip of the corner. Because, Ken, if you think about it, all the jukes, no matter where I go, uh I can't go anywhere without that I have an idea. I have an idea. I have an idea. Yeah. Do you want to to crush Mike Norvell? Oh, yeah, I do. When we come back, Mike Norvell is insecure. He's Coquel. Is the seat going to be warm? I'm Ken Levicka, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquette. Florida State has Notre Dame in Tallahassee on Sunday. And Mike Norvell said something this morning that makes me feel not so confident about the Seminoles. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. I uh, have you until 1 o'clock on ESPN 106.3. Glad you kids are with us. Don't forget about the Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, it's free. You just subscribe to it. It comes right to your phone, segment by segment. Do or it. as Do it a now. whole our lump sum. It's the Ken Levicka Live featuring Coquel podcast. Again, wherever you get your podcast and damned free every day. Don't uh, be like Tua. Get it done and download the podcast. Do it. Be a winner. What does that mean? What does that even mean? What does that mean? What are you doing? What does that mean? Do Unlike Tua, get it done. What does that mean? Did Tua get him into the playoffs last year? No. Get it done. Get it done. Don't be like Tua. Download the podcast. Be a winner. Like Fitzmagic. It's like magic. It shows up on your phone. It's like Fitz magic to your phone. 
Does Fitzpatrick get it done when he's in the top 10 in interceptions every single year that he starts? I mean, he's top 10. I guess he is getting it done. If you consider throwing interceptions good, he's definitely getting it done. You know how much money that guy has made for not only himself, but cornerbacks around the league? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he he is. He has done great things for everybody. Because did you know he went to Harvard? He did? Mm-hmm. Oh, he must be a smart. He probably reads the defense really well. Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, did you know Nick O'Leary is Jack Nicholas's grandson? What? I know, I know. It's really, really stunning. Uh, before we talk Florida State real quick, the, the scenes in New York last night with all the rain, everything from Tropical Storm Ida, that was scary. I mean, that's legitimately scary. The water cascading into the subways. Yankee Stadium completely flooded. That's really wild. Oh, don't be dramatic. It's raining outside. Science. All you science people thinking that climate is changing. It's just a little rain, Ken. Uh-huh. You and this science schmying stuff. You I should, didn't bring you're up. You're just trying to force science down my throat. What do you think? Because we studied for thousands of years, hundreds of years, and now all of a sudden we have to believe what we worked so hard for? <laughs> no. Throw it out the window. It's a rainstorm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what you do, Ken? You get an umbrella. That's what you do. Yeah. Put on your boots. Pull them up by the straps. I've never had boots with straps, but I'm sure <laughs> it's a thing. And you walk out in that rain with your umbrella. Boom, rain jacket. I mean, roads literally turning into like rivers. It, it looked like Venice. Every, was... Everybody wants to go to Venice, right? And ride on one of those gondolas. <laughs> yeah. And now here's your chance and you're complaining <laughs> about it. Uh, People talk are. about the real estate market in New York not being good. Well, now look. Hey, you got a gondola <laughs> outside your apartment. Yeah. Let's go. You got waterfront property no matter where you go in uh, in Staten Island right now. I uh, mean, ignore the garbage and the dead bodies floating <laughs> past you. That's not a big deal. I mean, it, it is. It really was. Could you imagine being in the subway and all of a sudden just like tidal waves are coming down towards I'm you? I'm sure the water smelled great. <laughs> yeah. That did remind me, too. It reminds me of the scene in Ghostbusters 2. Do you remember when they're in the subway and the slime is is going through and and they lower Ray down there and then the hand grabs him out of the slime. That's what that reminded me of last night. Ghostbusters 2 should have won of Oscar. The new Ghostbusters. Oh, it's coming. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Oh, I cannot good. wait. Which is better, Ghostbusters 1 or 2? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I'm partial to the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man myself. I mean, I, I, mean, I based you myself got, Yeah, him. I was going to say, you modeled yourself after him. But I will say <laughs> this, though. I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm like Pat McAfee. I'm I'm not scared to say it. Girl Ghostbusters stinks. This is a men's league. <laughs> this is a men's league. Uh, I didn't see it, actually. So what's worse, Coquel saw it and thinks it stinks, or I just ignored it? Is just that which like one it is, Yeah, which one is worse? Because I, I like that cast. Couldn't bring myself to watch it. It seemed like Melissa McCarthy trying to shove every one of her jokes. The blonde girl, I forget her name. From Saturday Night Live. Yeah, she was doing like the over her character, like overdone. And Leslie Jones was trying to extra Leslie Jones. And everyone was just trying to do their own thing, which isn't always great when you're trying to do a movie together. Yeah, agreed. Especially when it's Ghostbusters. Because like you said, get out of the way. It's a men's league. Yeah, get the ghost in there. (laughs) Where's Peter Vankman? Let's do it. (laughs) Uh, What was the secretary's name? Speaking of women in Ghostbusters, Janine. Janine was the secretary. Yeah, Peter. Peter I, know he's the, a, I have no yeah, idea what it yeah, was. Yeah, it was Janine. All right, uh, let's talk about Mike Norvell at a really hard left-hand <laughs> turn. Uh, so Mike Norvell is preparing his Florida State team for Notre Dame on Sunday in Tallahassee, and he has spent all camp deciding between uh, Jordan Travis, the Benjamin product, uh, or former UCF Sogna caller Mackenzie Milton. And Mike Norvell met with media this morning in Tallahassee, And he said that he's not ready to name a starting quarterback. In fact, it will be revealed when that player runs out of the tunnel. 
on Sunday night. I'm all for dramatics. I'm all for storylines and surprises. But that comes off as wildly insecure to me. You don't have the security in what you have done and what you have seen in fall camp that you can go out and compete with Notre Dame by selecting a singular quarterback a week before the game actually takes place. You need to surprise Notre Dame with who's going to be under center. I don't think Bobby Bowden would do that. I don't think Jimbo Fisher would do that. I think that's insecure on Mike Norvell's part. That's a little bit of a turnoff to me, to be honest. Now, me, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy who talks sports. I'm a guy who calls football games. I don't coach. I'm not in the locker room. So what do I know? But Coquel has been in locker rooms. He has made personnel decisions at a number of high schools in this area. With Mike Norvell, is he being a good coach or is he being an insecure coach? by not naming a quarterback until minutes before kickoff against Notre Dame on Sunday. Do I have to pick one of those two? Yes. Because mm. there's no in-between here. Well, I think it's more he's a self-absorbed coach who thinks people care more than they actually do. I don't think anyone cares. I think he thinks it's a moment, and he's, and Mackenzie Milton's going to run out of the tunnel, and the announcer's going to be like, are you freaking kidding me? Do, do like, I have goosebumps. Like It's going to be a wrestling <laughs> comeback moment where it's 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 just... Listen to that pop. Like It's just going to be, oh, look, there's two guys. Unless he's going to be holding a thing that says, I'm the starter. They're just going to see the team run out of the tunnel. Like, what no is, one cares. What does Mike Norvell think is going to happen? Like Mackenzie Milton runs out of the tunnel, and Brian Kelly on the Notre Dame sideline is like, oh, oh, my, oh, no, oh, oh, and starts fanning himself and passes out. I'm not prepared. He really surprised me. Now we have to prepare for a quarterback who can throw a little bit and has decent legs, unlike the other quarterback who can throw a little bit and has decent legs. Like, if you're, if you're Brian Kelly, like, oh, we didn't have three years of tape on this guy at UCF. There's no way we could have prepared. Ah! Like, I, I don't I, I understand trying to get a competitive edge, but this just reeks of insecurity on Mike Norvell. It's clearly part. Milton though. Like if it's Travis, it you, you, you just announce it's Jordan Travis. He's right. your guy who was there last year. Absolutely. You don't bring in the new guy and then not announce it. It's clearly Milton. Mike Norvell, is he being a good coach or is he being insecure? Not naming a quarterback until right before the Notre Dame game Sunday. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Is Mike Norvell good coach or insecure? Kyle Sobick tweets, I would say that Norvell's not confident. It shows he's lacking trust in which quarterback is the best to lead his team to victory. I mean, there could be something to that. And, and maybe that is what, what it comes down to. But I don't know what type of message it sends to your team when you're like, hey, we're just going we're gonna, to we're gonna surprise Notre Dame with our quarterback. Like, there's, I, I, don't, I don't know if the game plan changes all that much. Between yeah, the two quarterbacks? Saying, they both can run. So what's, you have then to what's the point? Like, then what when, is the point? This, I coached against Jordan Travis when he was in high school. And the scariest part of that game was watching him warm up. Like, we got there, and I watched him just stride down the field, and I was like, oh, he can run better than he lets on. Mm -hmm. Like, the kid can flat-out fly, and he's a powerful runner, and you see it when you see him in person. Mackenzie Milton, we know what he is also, and it's kind of like you got to prepare for a little bit of both with both of them, that they're athletic and and able to do some things. I don't know what the difference is. That's what I don't get. I could see if there was an injury concern. If Mackenzie Milton was still rehabbing 
from that gruesome injury. And his leg could fall off. If there were still questions about whether or not he was going to be available or Jordan Travis is in a similar situation from an injury standpoint, then I understand. If it's like a game-time decision, we want to see uh, how uh, his leg looks on the field in warm-ups, and then we'll make that decision. But this is just this appears to be for either A, the sake of theatrics to get a cheap thrill from Knowles fans a la wrestling, like uh, the analogy you made, Coquel, or this is insecure about taking on Notre Dame and not having the guts to name an actual quarterback a week before kickoff. And either way, it's just dumb. Like, it's just not, it good. Just it's not good for your program. It also hurts your quarterback because it gives the appearance that they're not good enough to be named the starter earlier, that yeah. they're not head and shoulders above. And whoever you're going to go with, you got to go with. You got to pick your guy and let them feel like they're your guy. They already had to deal with battling. They already had to deal with splitting that locker room for all this time going forward. Let them establish being the guy to the media and the fans and the presence. Because if you don't, by doing this, the minute Milton or Travis throws a pick, everyone's looking to the other guy. Yeah. Because you've created this appearance that they're equals. You need your one to be your one. You need your two to be your two if you're going to be successful. I mean, from from a and this is people in the FAU program telling me this. Uh, Nicosi Perry, the Miami transfer, battled Penn State transfer Michael Johnson and the incumbent Nick Tronti for the quarterback job all fall practice. And uh, when Willie Taggart named Nicosi Perry the quarterback uh, late last week or over the weekend, they get out to practice, and all of a sudden. Nikosi's throwing like 30-yard ropes into double coverage and and uh, throwing these super accurate deep balls down the field because he got named the starter, and he's able to finally let it all out. Just the play. pressure is off. Like, let's play now. I've got the job. Let's roll. There is, there's a reason that almost every coach in America names a QB1. It's because of that. It's because you don't have to look over your shoulder anymore. And it, that's why it's important to have it go public as well, not keep it under wraps. I don't like what Norvell is doing here. This doesn't make any sense to me uh, unless, again, he's trying to build up drama for that Notre Dame game and he thinks that there's going to be some sort of artificial crowd reaction that's going to come that's going to inspire the masses. Or he's just insecure because he truly doesn't think that they have a chance straight up to compete with Notre Dame. He had these same answers when I sat down with him at ACC Media Days, right? He gave that same, I'm not sure, they're both doing a good job. And I was like, all right, this is the place to do that because you brought both of them with you. But it seems like he only brought both of them with him now is just to keep this plan of this big announcement going. Yeah. I really think they're overthinking something's bigger in their head. And it's because sometimes when you get in, everyone gets in their own echo chamber sometimes. And I think that's what's happening here. His echo chamber thinks this is going to be a big announcement. And Paul Feinbaum's head's going to explode and going off about it. And game day we'll be talking about it. No, no yeah. one cares. It just seems needless. You you think it's Mackenzie Milton, right? It's I mean, got to be Mackenzie Milton. You're doing a disservice to a guy who played last year if you're doing this and not naming him, the, and then naming him the starter. Yeah. Like Jordan Travis had time, but he didn't have much practice last year. That was the whole thing. He barely practiced until he got into the, the week of the game is when Jordan Travis finally got to practice. Now he's had time to practice. He's been there. To not name him the starter publicly and then throw him out there on game day, you're, you're really hurting the kid. You're You're... The idea of being a coach or a manager is to put people in position to succeed. This isn't doing that for his quarterback.
Mike Norvell waiting until right before kickoff on Sunday against Notre Dame to trot out his starting quarterback. Is that a good idea, or is it insecure from Norvell? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel, and I drove myself here into the ESPN West Palm offices in my Kia K5 Now that's GT. a that's a car you don't you don't play games with. You announce that you're driving that car. Yeah. Every time I park in our ter- terrible parking spot, <laughs> I'm all mad and then I look at your car and I'm like, "Man, that's not even mine and I feel good knowing I'm parking next to it." I will say when I get into it at the end of a workday, it is the surface of the sun. It is about 537 degrees in there and so I get in and I'm immediately suffocated by the air because it's out in the elements because that's where they force us to park here at our studios, but it does glisten in the sun, and it, it is very beautiful. Good. It is beautiful. My Kia K5 GT that I got thanks to all the folks at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, they're going to make you happy as well. They made me really happy. They're going to make you happy. My guy George over there, I mean, he sat down with me, and he's like, hey, uh, let's just let's just figure out some financing. I see him uh, work with, with other folks, too, that roll in uh, and, and want an automobile, and there's always, a, well, I'm concerned about the value, and I'm concerned about my credit. And George always says, we're going to find a way. We're going to take care of it. The credit clinic at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach is a total lifesaver. Bank representatives are on site. George is checking with them. All the folks over there are checking with them. They will do check after check after check after check to finally find someone that will take your credit and make it happen for you so you can get in a Kia automobile. You can get in something safe. You can get in something that's fun, something that is going to make sure your family gets to where they need to go and something that's going to be fuel efficient and work with your financial restrictions. That is Greenway Kia West Palm Beach uh, on Military Trail, just a half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. You can't miss it. Big old Kia sign right in front. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Check out that selection on Ryan at GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. That's GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Bryson DeChambeau, he's a big old baby, and I'll explain next. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. Bryson DeChambeau is arguably the biggest baby in sports, just a petulant little crying child. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel here until one o'clock. We'll be back tomorrow and then we will get into the first full college football weekend. Cannot wait for that. Uh, but speaking of Bryson DeChambeau, we're going to talk a lot about him Saturday. Honda Classic Live, 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'll have that for you here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is an absolute mess. Now, if you uh, if you you don't pay attention to golf, Bryson DeChambeau uh, won the U.S. Open last year. He's someone who is a, uh, a a master in physics, and he tries to apply that to his golf game. Uh, he last year started drinking eight protein shakes a day in order to bulk up, in order to get big, get bigger muscles, and try and revolutionize the game by himself by basically blasting shots uh, into close range and uh, winning like that, using that approach. But he's also a tortured genius as well. He is extremely immature. 
He has had a beef with Jupiter's Brooks Kepka, uh, the Cardinal Newman grad, for quite some time now. The origins of it, not exactly uh, clear, but they had a disagreement about something. Bryson DeChambeau made a promise about something. It didn't happen, and now they troll one another on social media and at golf tournaments. Well, this beef between Kepka and DeChambeau started to take on a life of its own. So much so that golf fans, in order to uh, poke at the unlikable Bryson DeChambeau, will yell, hey, Brooksy, hey, Brooksy, and it gets him angry. It gets Bryson DeChambeau very, very, very angry, including at the BMW Championship last weekend where DeChambeau had a meltdown, should have won, missed a couple of close putts, including one in extra holes, and was dejected. And as he walked off after losing that tournament, someone in the gallery yelled, Hey, Brooksy! And DeChambeau whipped around and said, You know what? Get the bleep out of here. And uh, this is not the first time that he has asked security at a golf tournament to kick someone out for yelling, Hey, Brooksy! at him. But this was a very public flare-up from Bryson DeChambeau. He walked up to this fan and tried to get into his face. This was enough for the PGA Tour to announce, Jay Monahan, the commissioner, that fans who yell, hey, Brooksy, at Bryson DeChambeau are now subject to ejection from the tournament. That is how much the PGA Tour now is going to try to protect their big old baby, Bryson DeChambeau. Me, when it comes to golf, I'm all for tradition. I'm all for the game being played the right way. But if you're going out to a golf tournament, you're in the gallery, and you keep it good-natured, and that's very mundane. That is a very mundane heckling. And as long as it's not happening in a backswing or during a putt, fans should have every right to lightheartedly heckle golfers. Just because you're a golfer doesn't mean you're any different from a baseball player or any different from a basketball player or any different from a football player. I mean, honestly... I think the guys who yell, get in the hole, that's more annoying than the Hey Brooksy directed at Bryson DeChambeau. Like, honestly, I think heckling, light heckling in golf will be good. I think that would bring an extra element to the sport. Should golfers be subject to some light heckling? Should heckling be allowed at golf tournaments? Why does golf get special privileges? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We've seen golfers, though, get affected by hecklers in big tournaments. There was this guy, Shooter McGavin, and he was doing a really good job, and then the hecklers came after him, and Happy Gilmore was able to come back and win that tournament. <laughs> so, I mean, we got to make sure that cars end up getting driven on the course. Mm-hmm. I mean, things can happen. It can get out of control. Like, come on, he's saying, hey, Brooksy, get over it. I mean, if he was saying, hey, Bryson, you fat slob, that's one thing. Or talking about Bryson DeChambeau's mother or yeah. saying personal things, that's one thing. But yelling at a golfer, hey, Brooksy, just to get under his skin about his rival, who he very publicly takes shots at as well and very publicly tries to annoy as well, opens himself up to this. Well, that's the thing. He kind of... Brought a lot of this on himself, yes. so you can't then get mad. I want to go to every golf tournament now and be like, hey, looksy over here at this tree. Hey, I want a cookie over there. You know, just find things that sound like it and just taunt them that way and see if they throw me out. Is the PGA Tour wrong for protecting 
Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, is the PGA Tour wrong for protecting Bryson DeChambeau? And should we allow some heckling at golf tournaments? Because I'm okay with it as long as it doesn't happen in a backswing. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Why does golf and why does tennis get a special privilege? Why do athletes in those sports get a special privilege as opposed to the the other sports. What could it be? What could be different about those athletes that want to be treated like humans compared to the other athletes that we want to okay. perform on stage and do whatever we want? That to? is quite the question. <laughs> oh yeah, man, right. quite That's, a conundrum yeah, I have yeah, on my hands. No, you're right. You you're very very right. Um, I mean, Javi Baez uh, didn't like fans booing him, and everybody buried him. But why does Brooks? I mean, sorry, not Brooksy. Bryson get the free pass. What could be white could be that what could be the difference? <laughs> it is it is so babyish. It could you imagine if if someone called here repeatedly and was like, Can you suck? Can this show sucks? If I'm can ever off the show, you can expect Chris from the car to be doing that. <laughs> Chris from the car. You suck. But it would be like me saying, Oh, you're banned from the show. Like it, it, imagine someone yelling at you someone else's name just to get under your skin and you overreact to a point because that's what this is this is a vast overreaction that you're ejected from the tournament that you paid for to get in it's not because there's any swear words it's not because anybody's being personal it's because he's getting called brooksy and they're not talking during his backswing so it's not which i still think you should be allowed to do a part of the game should be able to just block out the noise like every other athlete in the world but like it's not even doing that it's just at any point he's walking off and someone yells it Again, you you started all this mess, and it's not like I'm here defending um, Kepka because I've ripped him on the air because he won't do anything with us, and I'm bitter about it. So I like to rip him as well. But like, just get over it, get ripped on, and just take it. He's just a grump, but I don't see him threatening to have people kicked out. Like we ripped Brooks Kepka for uh, claiming that people were purposely trying to hit him in the knees on 18 oh, yeah, in the right. final round of the PGA Championship. Like that was a bad look on his part. But think about it. He thought people were trying to hit him in the knees. Did he whip around and yell at security, get him the hell out of here, like Bryson DeChambeau did for being called Brooksy? I got yelled, at. I got yelled at by a caddy at the Honda Classic once. Did you really? But the lady next to me was taking pictures, and they were like, you can't be making all that noise. And I was just standing there like, I'm texting my wife. It's not making any noise. It's not even a camera. Like, I'm not using the camera phone. Most likely, I'm out of storage on my right. cheap phone anyway, so I can't take pictures. Like, why, um, why are you? But they wanted to throw me out, and I was just standing there. One so. time at the Honda Classic, I was covering it here for ESPN West Palm. It's still when I was I was writing uh, for our project on ESPNWestPalm.com, and I was covering Daniel Berger because he was in contention. And so I had never been inside the ropes before uh, covering Dwyer's a golf tournament. Berger. Dwyer's own Daniel Berger, exactly. And uh, so I, I thought inside the ropes, like I had like carbolage access. <laughs> so I was like walking down the middle of fairways with groups. Like I didn't realize I was supposed to stay like by the ropes. And it, eventually one of the caddies was like, I've never seen a reporter uh, <laughs> walking, walking with the groups. And I was like, oh, no, I've got an inside the ropes pass. It's fine. And then finally someone had to explain to me what that actually meant. And then. I, but so if you look, though, you can see like on the Golf Channel, it's like Daniel Berger's caddy and then like me walking I picture you with an old reporter yeah. hat with no. a little ticket in the, in the top of it. It says, it says press. Writing yeah. on a notepad. <laughs> but I had like a big old backpack on and a visor and wearing like shorts. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. And definitely at that time, 
I know you. it was the cargo shorts, too. It was Tan definitely cargo, cargo shorts. shorts because, as I've said over and over again here on ESPN 106.3, cargo shorts rule because pockets rule. Because <laughs> pockets allow you to really compartmentalize and organize. What was the lower point in your reporting career when you did that or when you had realized after calling me a bunch of times and trying to sit down for interviews, <laughs> when you finally met me and realized who you were calling <laughs> well, for interviews? Which point did you so really start questioning before things? Before I knew Coquel, this was when he was the head coach at Forest Hill, I would call him for information. I think I called him. Truly the longest conversation we had was when you decided to leave uh, for it was either taking the Forest Hill job or leaving the Forest Hill job. I can't remember. And then, uh, so I talked to him and it was all official. He was a coach and I quoted him and wrote the story. And then uh, like three months later, I met him for the first time <laughs> and he started like saying stupid clownish things and acting like the jackass like I know him as today. And I'm like, I can't believe this guy led Young men. <laughs> I can't believe this guy is a mentor of young men. It is unbelievable. Uh, then I also got, <laughs> I also, I, I had stopped coaching and then I announced on April Fool's Day that I was coming back to coaching to a school in the and area then, that didn't exist anymore. And one Ken Levicka picked it up, put it on our local sports center, and it went national. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> and that is when I swore you <laughs> off forever. That really did happen. He, because he thought he was funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. He made up a fake school and announced on his personal Twitter that he was coming back to coaching, taking over that job on April Fool's. This is a guy <laughs> who has had several, several good, solid high school football head coaching jobs, and that is what he was reduced to. I use to. that tweet on my resume, just like Bishop Sycamore. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's part of my, my career. Oh, man. You, you're right. That was a big disappointment when I finally <laughs> met you. Uh, we got to take one more break. Got to come back. I want to talk a little Jimbo Fisher, who is now the second highest paid head coach in all of college football. How? He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick live on ESPN 106.3. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Yeah. 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 Either you love me or you love me not. I'm gonna be me. I'm known for making promises that I can't keep it, baby. The streets made me, and I run 24 7, 365 daily. Either you love me or you love me not. I'm gonna be Jimbo Fisher is the second highest paid coach in college football. Unbelievable. Texas AM, I mean, they are, they are just an absolute uh, endless pit of money. It's crazy. Jimbo Fisher, second highest paid coach in college football. You know what? I think we should do a Florida cash home buyers cash in. Uh, Joe Rigotti, cheap, cheesy cash sound effect, please. Thank you. One more time, please. Uh, why don't we do it a third time? All right, it's oh, time for Florida. We're really cashing in. Florida Cash Home Buyers cashing in. Let's talk about this Jimbo Fisher contract with Texas A&M, a four-year contract extension. It increases his average annual salary to more than $9 million per season. This was officially announced yesterday. Jimbo Fisher, that four-year extension, more than $9 million annually, that makes him the second highest paid coach in all of college football. Now, Jimbo has done well, okay? Jimbo has a national championship at Florida State. Jimbo went to a New Year's Day Bowl last year. But in your mind, Coquel, is Jimbo Fisher worth the second highest paid coaching moniker in the entire sport? No. 
Not at all. Not even close. I have a lot of uh, PTSD when it comes to Jimbo Fisher. For what what reason? Just the way he left Florida State. Oh, yeah. yeah like the, the, the state of the pro. I don't want to pay someone that much money that has the ability to leave something so terrible. Yeah. Because usually you want to you be judged off the, the whoever replaced you their first or second year. Kind of falls onto your legacy as well. Uh, Texas A&M in his first year, 9-4. and four. In his second year, 8-5. and five. And then last year in the expedited season, went 9-1. and one. I don't know how that would extrapolate to a full season. The 9-1, they were good, yes. Um, but he hasn't had a double-digit winning season I mean, at the Texas nine and one A&M. Is, the 9-1 is a double-digit winning season. Okay, sure. But there's a I lot of factors, nine. a lot of variables. This is just a weird place, a weird spot to give him that. I'd like to see him actually play a full season with the full schedule and see if they can actually hit double-digit wins. If that's what it's going to take in the SEC West where your best year in a full season is nine wins and you became the second-highest-paid coach in college football, uh, Dabo Swinney should be calling the Board of Regents at Clemson right now to at least have a talk, to at least have a chat. Uh, hey, guys, I've, um, I've won a couple of national championships. But for Dabo, it's not about what he gets in this lifetime. It's about the next lifetime. <laughs> Is that something he said? No, it's something that Pope told me when they didn't want to pay me. So I figured that happens at Clemson also. <laughs> Wait, you got told that by an athletic uh, director? Yeah, I know, by Sister Eileen, by a nun. <laughs> what, was the, what was the exact quote again? It was because I said, you know, I can't live off of what you're trying to pay me because they had promised me one thing, and then by year three it was something else. And I was told... Well, Chris, it's not what you make in this lifetime. It's what you do for the next lifetime. (laughs) What does that mean? And I said, Sister Eileen, unless Jesus is going to pay my electric bill, I can't take that deal. What does that mean that I really don't understand? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to a fine sister of the cloth, but I don't know what that means. It means we're not going to pay you. Do it because you work at Pope John Paul. That's what it means. For the next It lifetime. means Autry Denson is trying to get your job, and now <laughs> we're screwing you to get out of here. Uh, I like when Coquel goes back to his coaching career and just unleashes all the dirty laundry. That actually makes me extremely happy. Man, if only happy. I knew who Autry Denson's agent was at the time, Pat Lawler. Mm. Oh, now he's really mm. unleashed. Luckily, oh, Pat's my man. agent now, so watch out, coaches. Would I'm coming stop? for you. Let's go, Pat Lawler. All right, let's wrap up Florida Cash Home Buyers cashing in on that note. Florida Cash Home Buyers looking to sell your home the easy way. Florida Cash Home Buyers or buy your home in any condition or situation for cash. Selling your home to Florida Cash Home Buyers is fast and easy. We have drama on this show now. No need to have a bunch of strangers walking through your home. Florida Cash Home Buyers buys properties as is. So they don't need to make any repairs or clean it. They can save you thousands on commissions and closing costs since there's no realtors involved. Florida Cash Home Buyers can pay a cash advance before the closing. They've been in business since 2011. They have helped hundreds of happy homeowners sell their homes quickly and easily. Florida Cash Home Buyers A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Over 100 great online reviews. They buy inherited houses, damaged houses, properties with bad tenants, liens and violations, but they also buy nice houses as well. They don't need to visit your home to make an offer. They're super simple. They can make an offer over the phone. That's Florida Cash Home Buyers. Call them at 561-570-7070. That's 561-570-7070. One more time, Florida Cash Home Buyers, 561-570-7070. And remember, it's not about the cash that you make in this lifetime. It's about the next lifetime. The next lifetime. The next lifetime. Remember that as we get prepared for tomorrow's show, okay? Thanks to Captain Competent Joe Rigotti. Coquel has some beef, apparently, with everybody. No, we're all good now, Pat. 
Send in my resume. I got a list of schools. Bishop Sycamore. Ken LeVig alive on ESPN 106.3. Bye.